Hey there, boo. I see you, I hear you, I feel you. You're invited to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of embracing a life of intoxicating abundance. I'm so fulfilled by sharing conversations that initiate you to release judgment and deepen your connection with passion. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to awaken the magic of your desires, build confidence as you expand into leadership, and manifest purposeful wealth in all of its forms. We are going to talk about the energetics of all things money, menstruation, and manifestation. Because your ability to accept and receive money is in direct proportion with your level of self-confidence, and your yoni transmutes this confidence. So if you're a witchy woman excited to enrich your life with wealth, womb wisdom, and woo-woo shit, then you've been divinely guided to let go of the distractions that are stopping you from embracing your role as a leader of integrity and confidence. Stick around, boo. Are you ready to be confidently you? Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and it is my mission to make witchy women wealthy. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you why I manifest like a human design reflector. Even though by this point, you probably know that I am a 2-4 emotional projector by human design, Um, which I've talked about a lot, but I'm going to share with you the nuances about my design and how I manifest a little bit differently and how being able to blend this idea or marry this idea about how, yes, even though I am a 2-4 projector, I also have um, reflector qualities in my design as well. And so being able to understand that about myself and marry those two designs together and manifest $24,000 like I did back in November of 2022. So what this episode is going to look like, I'm first going to share with you the story about how I was able to manifest, well, between my partner and I, how we manifested $24,000. And then I'm going to explain to you and dive into a little bit deeper about why or how I manifest like a reflector versus a projector. And give you some examples about some different things that I've manifested in my life naturally, even before I knew this about myself. And then I'm going to give you some tangible advice and information about how you can look this up for yourself. So without further ado, back in November of 2022, as I mentioned, Jeremy and I had manifested over $24,000. And I feel like the biggest takeaway that I want you to have from this episode is the how is not your job. The how is not your job. The how is not your job. (laughs) It is worth saying three times. You are responsible for the what and the why. In other words, you are responsible for knowing what it is that you want to manifest, what you want to create, what you want to materialize in your life, and why. What's the desire? What's the purpose? What's the vision? That is all the why. Why? What is driving you to materialize this in your life? That's it. That's all you have to focus on. Those two things are your job. The universe, or God, Buddha, angels, whoever it is that you call upon, I call upon the universe or source. I interchangeably use those two words. The universe and source are responsible for the who, the when, and the how. So who? Who is going to help create this for you in your life? Who is your manifestation going to come through? When is it going to happen? When is the divine timing? And how is it going to happen? And It's in my experience, my personal experience, and working with clients, we get so hung up on the how. Because the how, or rather just the how, the how is what we tend to get stuck on. It's what tends to 
make our belief disappear or it can make a make our belief shrink <laughs> but i'm telling you if you can truly just forget the how magic will happen and i lead with that because the catalyst for how Jeremy and I were able to manifest $24,000 in November is not something that I wish upon anybody, nor would I have expected it to have been the catalyst for these manifestations. And that catalyst was Jeremy was driving on the highway, driving from work, and he hit a deer in our car. You heard me right. He hit a deer. Luckily, he hit a deer soft enough that he was able to walk away from that accident rather unscathed. He shook it off. You know, he let off the, the tension and the fear and the anxiety of obviously being in an accident that happens for a person, right? Other than, you know, that sort of overall feeling of fear that, ar- that arose for him, you know, from hitting a deer, overall, he walked away unscathed from that accident. He was not physically hurt by that accident. Can't say so much for the deer, <laughs> but um, overall he he was fine. So he hit it soft enough to walk away unscathed, but he hit it hard enough that our car was totaled off or written off by insurance. So in other words, what that meant, there was too much damage on our car um, for the value of what the vehicle was that um, our insurance company was willing to pay for the damages. Now, I drove a 2017 Chevrolet Sonic. And when I bought that vehicle, I paid somewhere around, I want to say it was around $24,000 for the car. Or no, sorry. The car itself was $24,000, but I paid $40,000 for the car because at the time I was a student, I was downgrading a vehicle. I, I drove a Volkswagen Golf R uh, before the Chevrolet Sonic and my car payment was literally double for the Golf R than what it was for me to downgrade to the Chevy Sonic. And so I had some negative equity in that vehicle as well. Um, I had some debts that I had previously lumped into my car loan when I bought the Golf R. And so that carried over into the Sonics, uh, the Sonics loan. So paid $40,000 for the vehicle. It was only worth about $24,000 when I bought it brand new. And so when Jeremy hit the deer, I had about two more years remaining on my car loan. So we'd had it for about five years already. I owed about $12,000 on the Sonic, just under, just under $12,000 on the Sonic. Now, because of COVID, so this is something that actually ended up working out in my favor. Had I tried to, you know, if COVID didn't happen, if the auto market didn't flip the way that it had, I would have received way less money for this Sonic. But because of COVID, the auto market completely shifted and it became a seller's market, meaning that used vehicles were a hot, hot commodity because it was so difficult to get new vehicles from the manufacturer. There was like a year waiting list for vehicles from car manufacturers because parts to build the vehicles were like brought to a halt because of COVID. They weren't able to fully assemble vehicles because of COVID. So that increased the value of used vehicles because they were readily available. And this worked out in my favor. So it was such an anomaly for me because my insurance company paid me $16,600 for my Sonic. I was floored. I could not believe that a vehicle that was five years old and had a hundred thousand kilometers on it had a couple of dings on it before you know the accident happened but otherwise they were paying me sixteen thousand six hundred dollars for it when brand new it was twenty four thousand dollars five year prior like had covid not happened so pre-covid under the same conditions same age same kilometers 
I probably would have gotten like $8,000 for my vehicle somewhere in that ballpark. So how this ended up working out for me is that I had a 4,600 positive uh, or I was left with $4,600 after paying off my car loan. So that left me with $4,600 to buy a new vehicle. Now, why I was so excited about this? Well, you might be thinking, well, but what are you? What kind of vehicle are you going to get with $4,600, right? Well, this really worked out for me because I didn't want a car loan anymore. I'm currently in this stage of my life where I am looking to become financially independent. I am looking to not have debts anymore. In other words, you know, financially independent to me means not having debts anymore. And it was so exciting for me to realize, hey, yeah, it sucks that my partner hit a deer, but he's okay. But on the other side or the flip side of this is that I don't have a car loan anymore. And suddenly we have the freedom to get a vehicle that doesn't have car payments on it. Yes, that does mean that we're probably downgrading in terms of year, mileage, that sort of thing, but we can still get a vehicle that we really want. Now, for maybe two years now, I have had a Mercedes G-Wagon on my vision board. Now, if you don't know what a Mercedes G-Wagon is, well, it's anywhere from from $100,000 to $250,000 SUV, depending on which engine you get in it. So I've had this G-Wagon on my vision board, and it's really important to note that I have a non-specific manifestation style. So when you're looking at your human design chart and those four arrows that are at the top of your chart, you're looking at the bottom right arrow. My arrow is facing right. So that means I have a non-specific manifestation style. So that means that I don't need to get super clear on what it is that I want to manifest. I just need to have sort of like this rough sort of vision about what it is that I'm looking for and be open to whatever the universe throws my way. And the universe is probably going to throw a few different options my way, and that's going to help me refine my decision about what it is that I want to manifest into my life. So I was obviously not in a position to be able to um, financially pay for a Mercedes G-Wagon. However, I really like old vehicles. I am an old soul. If you look in my house, a lot of my furniture is antique. A lot of it is like 100 years old or at least 50 years old. I'm an old soul. I like old shit. (laughs) And so it's really no different for me when it comes to vehicles. Yeah, sure. I like having a new vehicle. I like having the reliability of the new vehicle. You know, warranty is nice. But on the other hand, there's something about old vehicles to me that just really speaks to my soul. The 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 older technology, the simplicity of the technology. And so there's something about a 1979 Mercedes G-Wagon that's just, mm, yes, love that sort of concept, that sort of age of vehicle. So when it came to shopping around for a vehicle, we knew we wanted an SUV. So To get non-specific, a Mercedes G-Wagon is an SUV. We knew bottom line, we absolutely want to have an SUV. This also played into um, our future desires of potentially having another child, which if you didn't catch the last episode, I am expecting my second child, but that didn't happen until a couple months after uh, manifesting this vehicle. But that was one of the ways that we were going to prepare for in the future to have a second child is that, you know, a Chevy Sonic is like a really small, or pardon me, is a really small hatchback. And there, it was just like, it was really small. It was even difficult with one child and a dog. So we knew that we wanted to have an SUV. And we also live in Saskatchewan, Canada, where, you know, in the wintertime, we get a fuck ton of snow and there's potholes in the springtime and etc and we wanted more ground clearance under our vehicle so we didn't want a vehicle that was so low to the ground anymore we wanted a vehicle that had a little bit more height to it 
um, to, in other words, to like protect the underside of our vehicle, but also like getting a child in and out of a vehicle that's kind of the same height as you is way easier than having to bend down into a little hatchback car. So we knew for sure that we wanted an SUV, but we weren't specific about what kind of SUV. Did We weren't even specific if we wanted a five passenger or if we wanted a seven or eight passenger vehicle. We just knew SUV and we wanted something that was not a fixer upper. You know, a couple of, we were willing to do like a couple of mechanical repairs that aren't overly complicated. Like for example, getting the brakes done or a minor suspension component, whatever it may be, but nothing that required like a lot of diagnostic work or anything like that. So we were open to having some minor repairs, but nothing huge. Now, the thing is, when it came to getting our money from the insurance company, there was a delay. It took about two to three weeks for us to receive those insurance checks. So that insurance check of $16,600. I got the check in about two weeks, but then I had to go to the bank to pay off the loan that I had for my other car loan. And it took about a week for that money to process and then for me to receive the difference, so the $4,600 back um, that I was going to have the difference of after paying off that loan. So overall, that whole process of receiving the money took about three weeks. And we didn't have a vehicle. We were borrowing a vehicle. And so we were put in this position where like, okay, like we don't want to have to rush to find a vehicle because we do want to find something of quality and the market is selling so fast right now. Anytime that you find an SUV that's under $5,000 that's of quality is selling like that. Like we were doing window shopping. We had no idea this was the situation when we first started looking at vehicles um, online on the website where people like list vehicles to sell. We had no idea that they were selling so quickly. So we would like see an ad that popped up that was less than a day old and we'd message the people like, hey, like, can we come and check out this vehicle? And they'd reply to us, sorry, it's already sold. We're like, what? So we had no idea. And so we didn't want to rush, but we were also kind of in a rush because we didn't have a vehicle and we were borrowing uh, my sister-in-law's vehicle in the meantime and you know she still needed her vehicle too like so it was like this back and forth of borrowing a vehicle and so what we decided was because the market was selling so quickly we're just gonna wait until we have our money in hand and then when we have that money that's when we'll go shopping for a vehicle well I just so happened, before we received our money, I just so happened to be having a text message conversation with one of my good friends, Regan, who I who we became friends because we met each other in the auto industry when I was working at Volkswagen in the past many a lifetimes ago. We met there working together. And I happened to send him a text message about something unrelated. It was actually, I want to say I texted him uh, to listen to Taylor Swift's new Midnight's album because, side note, I am a huge, diehard Taylor Swift fangirl. I am a major Swifty. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, you got to check out Taylor Swift's new album. And then he was like, hey, how you doing? Like, it just got the conversation flowing. And then I had very, like, passively mentioned to him, like, yeah, we're looking for, you know, an SUV under 5,000. Um, you know, these are the kind of our requirements or what we're looking for. And he literally laughed in my face, well, over text message, but he laughed in my face and was like, ha, good luck. Good luck finding any SUV that's under $5,000 that you're not going to have to double your investment just to get in you know, working order. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but the, they're out there. I know that these vehicles are out there. We just have to be quick and we'll find it. I know that we will. So I was being positive. You know, I felt confident that we were going to find something, but I knew that it was going to take some patience. Well, I shit you not. The next day, Regan sends me an advertisement for a vehicle on a website called Auto Trader. He sends me this advertisement for a 2000 Honda CRV. Re Side note, Regan totally knows like my style when it comes to vehicles. He knows like 
what my preference would be when it comes to like picking a manufacturer, you know, something Japanese because, you know, Honda makes essentially makes the best engines in the world. Like, and they're known for that. And so like he, he knows like my taste in vehicles. He knows like kind of what I'm looking for. And so the next day he sends me this auto trader ad for a 2000 Honda CRV. That's all wheel drive. That was another requirement. It had to be all wheel drive, all wheel drive listed for $4,800. And I was like, yes, Regan, this is exactly what I'm looking for, but I'm not prepared to buy it. I don't have my insurance money yet. So keep an eye out for something like this. Or if you want to like list yourself to watch this advertisement for me, I'd super appreciate it. But in other words, I can't buy it right now. Keep your eye open for me. And this is the kicker. He was like, Amber, go and look at this vehicle. I will front you the money for it. Pause for effect. He said, go look at the vehicle and I will front you the money for it. I was floored. I was like, what? Are you serious? Like, Regan, like that's $4,800. Like, you would do that for me? And he was like, absolutely. I've got the money just sitting in account. I know that you're going to pay me back. Go and look at it. This is an exceptional vehicle. Please go and look at it. This is like a, this is, this is a gold mine essentially. And so I immediately messaged the seller and I was like, Hey, is this vehicle still for sale? It was listed that day. Is this vehicle still for sale? I'd really like to come and look at it. And she was like, yeah. And, and so I scheduled to go and look at it that same day. And for overall, the vehicle condition was excellent. Like the I I wish I had taken pictures of the interior because the interior looked like it had been halted by a time machine. The interior of the vehicle looked brand freaking new, like a 23 year old vehicle and the seats were still vibrant, like it was exceptionally maintained. And I test drove it. The power was great. And like, keep in mind here, I have a mechanical background. So like, I know what I'm looking for and I know what to listen for and what to feel for when it comes to buying a vehicle. And so like it drove perfectly. The only thing that I noticed was that it had a brake pulsation when you're braking. So to me, that means that the rotors were warped and so it needed front brakes. So I was like, Kate noted, that's a really simple fix. And Uh, So I prepared to offer her, I offered her 4,000, she declined and came back at 4,500 and I said, "Um, hey, can you meet me in the middle here at 4,200? That's the most that I can offer you um, considering that it needs front brakes. And she accepted. So I bought the vehicle for $4,200, had a little bit of money left over and I got the vehicle of my dreams. And I know that to the average person, they'd hear me saying like, really, a 2000 Honda CRV? Like that's your dream vehicle? Well, to me it was, because for me, this 2000 Honda CRV was more to me than just a vehicle. It meant that I was that much closer to being financially independent. It meant I no longer had a car loan, And I was $12,000 closer to being financially independent because $12,000 is what I had left over on my car loan. So I manifested this vehicle and I didn't realize until after I had bought Curvy. So we called the vehicle Curvy because CRV. So we call her Curvy. After I manifested Curvy, I went and looked at my vision board and remembered that, oh yeah, there, I had been manifesting a G-Wagon. Well, okay, now if you're a big Mercedes nut, try not to get offended by this because I know how Mercedes people feel about their Mercedes, but to me, appearance-wise, if you look at a 1979 gold G-Wagon and compare it to a 2000 Honda CRV that's gold, their body shape is very similar. It's boxy. It's very square-esque. And even even more, even more so, the interior of the vehicles are very similar, especially when you look at the steering wheels, the shape of the steering wheel and the 
uh, sorry, not the shape of the steering wheel, but the spokes of inside the steering wheel and the dash. They look remarkably similar. And so I was so freaking excited because I felt like, wow, I just manifested a vehicle that you know, the shape is spot on. I love the shape. It's an SUV. It's a little bit older. It's not super computerized. I've got my very basic dash set up here and that's like totally what I wanted. And just, it's so funny to me how I wasn't even thinking about a G-Wagon when it came to, when it came to manifesting this vehicle. Like it wasn't even on my mind because I was thinking like Mercedes vehicles are just, they're not financially accessible to me. But sure enough, I got a Honda CRV that totally fit my parameters and it's so similar to that G-Wagon. So that was $16,600. That's of the $24,000 that we manifested in November. So now let's move on to the next portion of, of that $24,000. So for about a year, Jeremy and I needed a new hot water heater. Our family needed a new hot water heater. I live in a, a energy efficient house and our hot water heater is like a combo boiler. So what that means is that the furnace actually heats the hot water heater or something like that. I don't know. Some I don't ha it's a tankless hot water heater. In other words, I don't fully understand the technology behind it, but it's a tankless hot water heater. So when you go into my furnace room, I don't have this like 5 foot tall, 3 foot wide like reservoir of water. I just have like a really small wall mounted hot water heater. And so it creates hot water on demand versus holding a really big reservoir of water that like pumps out hot water. So it creates hot water on demand, but it just takes like 30 seconds for the hot water to kick in. And so that makes it energy efficient. Well, our hot water heater quit on us like the year prior to November. And we, what we were doing because we didn't have the money to get a new hot water heater because it was going to be like $7,000 to get a new hot water heater. So what we were doing, well, first of all, we diagnosed what the problem was and we found that there was this little valve on the inside of the hot water heater that goes back and forth between, um, like hot water and cold water or something like that. I can't fully remember, but it's this little mechanism that goes back and forth to turning the hot water on and turning the cold water on. And so, or the furnace on, it goes back and forth between using the furnace and using hot water. I don't know. But anyways, like what, how that, how that manifested for us was we would have to like go and manually turn on hot water if we wanted it. That's really what it comes down to. We had to manually turn on the hot water. And as the year progressed, it just kept deteriorating. Like the hot water wasn't getting to as hot as its full potential. It didn't get as hot as it used to. So our hot showers, our quote unquote hot showers were like lukewarm, which was fine in the summer months. So we just kept like in the summer months, we just kept the little manual valve switched to hot water because we didn't need to have the furnace on in the summertime. And so we just kept the hot water on the time and it was fine in the summer months. But we knew because like, ugh, like we live in Canada again, where it gets to like minus 40, minus 50 in the wintertime, we cannot have our pipes freeze. Like we have to get this fixed before winter time. So that whole year we were manifesting thinking like, hey, by next winter, we got to get this hot water heater, got to get this hot water heater. Somehow we're going to be manifesting this hot water heater. So that went on the vision board as well. So I put a hot water heater. I even picked out a tankless hot water heater and I picked it out and put it on, um, uh, put it on the vision board. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, Amber, why wouldn't you just replace that little part that we diagnosed was the failure? Well, here is the wrench that was thrown into um, that whole hot water situation. The hot water heater company that built this boiler, that built the hot water heater, well, they went bankrupt and went out of business. So 
all of their parts that they manufactured were obsolete. They no longer made them because the company no longer existed. So that meant we're, there were no parts. We couldn't buy parts to fix the hot water heater, which meant we had to replace the whole thing. Ergo, probably like a $100 part that no longer, no longer existed, then turned into a $7,000 hot water heater. <laughs> so that was the shitty situation. But nevertheless, we were like, okay, we're gonna have to get this new hot water heater come winter time. And then come November, you know, when this whole car accident and incident happened, all of these things happened in the same time frame. So we, it was winter, you know, November, it's starting to get cold. We're like, okay, we got to figure out how we're going to get this new hot water heater. Well, I happened to have a conversation with my neighbor. My son and my neighbor's son were outside playing together. And I mentioned just so passively, like, yeah, we got to get a new hot water heater. And she was like, we had to get a new hot water heater too. And I like looked at her, I'm like, oh really? Like that sucks. And she was like, yeah, but it was covered by insurance. What? Are you serious? Like this was such a synchronistic conversation that her and I had. Like, I don't even remember how the fuck the conversation was like initiated. We somehow just got on the topic of talking about our hot water heaters. And she tells me that her hot water heater was covered by insurance. I had never even thought to look into insurance. I just kind of figured or assumed in my head that a hot water heater is going to be considered like one of those wear and tear house, like general house expense items that a homeowner like has to pay for. Like I hear about hot water heaters failing all the time and people just have to fix them or replace them, right? You know, I never thought in a million years to look into my insurance. So what do I do? I email my cousin who was my insurance representative at the time. And I was like, girl, is this covered by insurance? And she looked it up for me and she was like, yeah, it's covered by insurance. You just have your deductible to pay. And I had a $1,000 deductible to pay. And I was, I was like, lit the fuck up. I was like, no fucking way. You're telling me that my $7,000 repair just became $1,000? Are you telling me that I just manifested $5,000 and that I'm going to get a new hot water heater for the low cost of $1,000? It's like, yeah, boo. Oh, I'm actually like getting excited thinking about it and just telling you this story right now because as I'm recalling that, that excitement is returning to me because of how fucking lit up I was that I was going to be able to get a new hot water heater. Now, before I conclude the story about the hot water heater, I need to also tell you about the one other major thing that we manifested in that month of November. And if you remember in the last episode when I told the story about how I manifested a pregnancy, I also mentioned to you that my cousin, that same cousin, um, just so happens to be who was my insurance representative, she was getting married in January and I was a bridesmaid. And I had promised to her and made the commitment to her that I was going to show up at her wedding. But that wedding was going to cost about $4,500 for both Jeremy and I to go together. And we both really wanted to go, but we didn't have the money yet. But we just kept it in the back of our mind. We kept on instilling the faith. It was also on our vision board. We're going to Mexico. We're going to Mexico. We're going to Mexico. We just kept affirming it, affirming it, and affirming it. So noted. Make that note about Mexico. (laughs) So now coming back to that hot water heater. When it came to paying for the hot water heater, yes, it was covered by insurance, However, we still had to pay for the full cost of the hot water heater up front. So when the serviceman came to our house to do an assessment on the hot water heater and to quote us what it was going to cost to put a new one in, because we'd never actually had anybody come in before. We had just called informally to the furnace repair place and asked for a quote in the past, like the year prior. We'd never actually had someone come in and do an official assessment on it. So when the man came in, he told us like, yeah, it's great that this is going to be covered by insurance, 
but you are going to have to pay for this furnace up front. So $7,700 with tax to get this new hot water heater. I keep interchangeably using furnace and hot water heater, but I assure you it was a hot water heater. <laughs> it's just that my hot water heater and my furnace are like connected somehow and that's why it's energy efficient, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, and so that we thought was going to throw a wrench in our plans. We're like, oh shit, like we don't have $7,700 to pay for this hot water heater up front. Like we really need, we can pay the $1,000, we can pay our $1,000 deductible, but we don't have the $7,700 to pay for this hot water heater up front. But lucky us, or synchronistically for us, the universe has our back because the man, the service rep, tells us, well, we have zero interest financing. We have zero interest financing through our company. You just have to apply for a loan and tell us what your income is, you know, the few things that they need to know when you go to qualify for a loan. And you can have a zero interest loan and zero dollar payments for 12 months. And we're like, what? No fucking way. And sure enough, Jeremy qualifies for this loan. And like I didn't know I wasn't going to be able to apply for a loan because as you've probably seen on some previous episode I have filed for financial insolvency so I don't have excellent credit at this point in time in my life but Jeremy does so he qualifies for the loan without a co-signer and so the loan paid for the $7,700 for us to get the hot water heater replaced now even though we were working towards being financially independent. At the end of the day, I no longer have a $12,000 car loan, but now we do have this $7,700 hot water heater loan. But we're still, what is that? A savings of like four plus thousand dollars. So we're $4,000, $5,000-ish closer to being financially independent and we don't have this $450 car loan every month. Now, insurance check. Insurance check comes in the mail literally in the nick of time because I have to pay for this Mexico vacation to go to my cousin's wedding. The payment through the travel agency is due in November, the same month. And so, We were able to pay for this hot water heater, we qualified for the loan, and our insurance company sent us a check for $6,700 because we had to pay a $1,000 deductible, so they gave us $1,000 less than what the cost of the heater was. So they sent us a check for $6,700, literally like the day of the Mexico vacation is due for payment. I was like, I could, everything was aligning for me. The stars were all aligning for me. Everything that I had been manifesting for so long literally happened for me in the 11th hour at the last minute. Shit you not to the last minute. I actually ended up paying for the vacation a day late. I had to email the travel agent and tell her like, I'm going to need an extra day because I'm waiting for a check to come in the mail. Can you ex- give me a one day extension? on paying for this vacation. And she replied to me, yep, no problem. I always like tell people a due date that's actually a couple of days before the real due date because I always get some last minute scragglers. And I was like, yes, I'm that last minute scraggler. (laughs) And so I end up getting the check in the mail, depositing it, you know, it takes a day to clear or whatever. And then I phone the next day and I'm able to pay for my Mexico vacation to go to my cousin's once in a lifetime wedding where I am a bridesmaid. And it was also the very first time Jeremy and I ever got to be on an airplane together, our first like destination vacation together. So this was really, really special for us. And it was also our first time being away from Noah and everything just totally aligned for us. Everything worked out and it all comes back to saying, forget the how. Because I would never in, never in this lifetime would I have thought Jeremy hitting a deer with our car 
our hot water heater, but kicking the dust. Did I ever think that we were going to be that much closer to being financially independent, not having a vehicle alone anymore, having an SUV that meet our that met our criteria, going to Mexico on a vacation, and getting a new hot water heater. I never would have thought that would have happened because Jeremy hit a, hit a deer and our hot water heater bit the dust. This all happened for us. And, and in addition to that, we also got a rebate from our energy company. It was something like $700. We got a rebate from our energy company the month later. So in December, I want to say it was because we installed an energy efficient hot water heater. So there's like some government rebate that goes on anytime that you do like energy efficient upgrades to your home. So this all was just like a magical manifestation that happened for me. And I am very, very grateful about how all of this played out. Now, let's talk a little bit how I manifest more like a reflector than I do a projector. Well, I think it goes without saying that anything great in my life has come with exceptional patience and time. I mean, fuck, this Mexico vacation literally happened in the 11th hour like last minute, I had to practice so much patience in order for that vacation to happen and to not panic when that last minute arose. I had to have exceptional faith and trust in the process that that was going to happen for me. I did not want to disappoint my cousin. I promised I was going to be in her wedding. You know, I'd already bought the bridesmaid dress, already had the alterations done, right? Like everything was set up for me to go I just had to pay for the trip and I had to trust that I was going to be able to pay for that trip. Almost nothing happens instantly for me. Unlike Jeremy. Jeremy is like a totally different manifester, has a totally different manifestation style than me. He's able to manifest things like quite quickly. (laughs) But for me, it's very different. Almost nothing happens instantaneously for me. It takes a long time for my body to catch up with my mind. And I'll explain that a little bit further when I start talking about my human design a little bit more. But just know that it takes my it takes time for my body to catch up with the desires that my mind keeps thinking about. So really how this plays out for me, it's like I need to totally move on from my desires in my mind. It's like I totally need to forget about my desires in order for them to happen, in order for that trust, in order for that faith, in order for that surrender to take place, or rather that surrender needs to take place in order for my manifestations to happen. I just need to totally forget about them. Forget about them in my mind and my body will take its sweet ass time to cash up. And this is how my body eventually becomes comfortable with things, how it accepts them and begins the process of integrating my desires into my experience. Because I've mentioned before, if we look at the manifestation process, the conscious mind or your mind is only 5% of the equation. The other 95% is the subconscious, the unconscious. That's your body. Your body is really what's running the show. And so I know how my body now, especially after this experience, this whole experience was a huge lesson for me and just showing myself like, wow, this is really how Amber manifests. And it just takes time for me. It takes time for my body to integrate my desires into my experience. So anything that's like a quote unquote big manifestation for me, so like the car, the hot water heater, the vacation, anything that's a big manifestation for me is going to for sure at least take 30 days. And because often in that 30 day plus process, I often change my mind or I change my feelings because I am an emotional authority by human design. My feelings change about what I want that manifestation to look like. And as I mentioned, you know, with my non-specific manifestation style, I'm probably going to be thrown a few things that kind of, kind of look like my manifestation, but they're not exactly what I want. 
And there's just, they're just kind of showing me about what's out there and it's helping me refine the process and be like, "Mm, that's not what I want. But now I'm more clear on what it is that I want. So throughout that 30 plus day process, or for in this case, for these big manifestations, it was more like 365 days. But it, you know, it's throughout that time, I, I change my idea about what it is that I want. So going back to the vision board and the G-Wagon and all that shit, I actually used to have a Ford Bronco on my vision board. But, and you know, like that was like a year ago. And like we used to have a Ford truck on on the vision board. But then one of my friends told me, oh, Ford Broncos actually have like a really tiny back seat. They're super not ideal for having kids. She has kids. I was like, oh, thank you so much for telling me that because she went and looked at one. And because she had one on her vision board. So she went to go and look at one. And I was like, oh, wow, thank you for telling me that. Now I know that that's not what I want. So it's like really throughout that time, this is that time for me to refine what it is that I want. And I change my mind about what my desires are going to look like. So it takes me a long time to get clear on what it is that I want. I need to ride out that emotional wave to get clear. So some things that have happened for me, you know, outside of the stories that I just told you, about all of the things that have manifested for me. Jeremy is a good example of something that happened for me that took at least 30 days for me to decide if that's what I really wanted. Jeremy, for for Jeremy and I, it was not love at first sight. It was not love at first sight. Jeremy and I knew each other for like at least a year before I even found out that he was single because when I first met him, I found out he had a girlfriend and I didn't know after a while that we had known each other that he was single and once I did find out that he was single like I didn't even know that he liked me and long story short you know he had started flirting with me Um, we met at the bar that I had worked at at the time and um, eventually um, he asked me out on a date and I was just starting out university at the time And it was like really bad timing because I was trying to get used to the new university life. I'd never been to university before and it was like a total lifestyle change from you, me. And before we even went on our first date, I was already having like mixed feelings like, "Eh, no, I don't, I'm I'm not really vibing with this. And so um, after our first date, I had told him like, no, I really just want to be friends. And I truly meant it at the time. Like he's such an incredible guy. I really wanted to be his friend, but I didn't want to date him. I didn't really want to date anybody at the time. Well, a month later, I invited Jeremy to a 90s party that I had been invited to. And he agreed to come, you know, just as friends. There was like, like for myself personally, like there was no like expectation of anything else or like I was not hinting at anything else. Like it was truly just as friends. I wanted to go to this party. But then he came over to my house and, you know, there was a bunch of us that were going to the party together. My mom and my aunts happened to be there and they like saw the connection between us. And my mom was like, Amber, I really like this guy. You should go for him. And my mom has never said that about a guy before. (laughs) My mom has never encouraged me to go for a guy before. She's like, Amber, I like this guy. And Jeremy and I uh, sat on a chair together to take a photo together before the party in our costumes. And just the way that he touched my shoulder, I knew. I was like, oh, it's on. Yep, I like this guy. And it took a month for that to happen. It took a month for me to ride out the emotional wave. It took a month for me to ride out through my experience of life, to go through my lunar phases, as we'll touch on when I start talking about reflectors. It took me a month to go through that for me to truly accept for my body to catch up with what I really wanted. And so then Jeremy happened for me. So some other things that happened for me, this pregnancy, I'm not going to tell the story about that because you, if you want to hear about how I manifested this pregnancy, you can go and check out the previous episode. Um, My business, how it took me like several months for me to put my business into action. And when it comes to my business ideas, so creating this podcast, how like I've been wanting to record this episode like for four months since these manifestations happened for me, I've been wanting to record it for so long, but I needed to wait to receive like the right inspiration. I needed to wait for the energy to come to me, needed to wait for all of the lessons to come to me. And it takes me a while to put ideas into action. I need to feel through and go through all of the ins and outs of something before I can really 
create before I can really manifest and put things into action. And I've just had to learn. I simply cannot rush this process. I digest life at a slower pace than what the generators and the many gens of the world do. That's simply my reality. And that's okay. Because I have people that help me out along the way. I've had to accept that I take life at a slower pace and I am so much happier. I'm so much more fulfilled and I I feel more purposeful and satisfied and successful in my life when I give myself permission to slow the fuck down. So... Now, how do I know that I have, or why do I manifest more like a reflector than a projector? How have I married these two ideas together? Well, when you're looking at your human design, you actually have two human designs that synthesize together, that marry up with each other, that create one human design. So, and they're called your conscious design and your unconscious design. In my conscious design, I am a emotional projector, but in my unconscious design, I am a reflector. So your conscious design is your mind. This is how your mind works. Whereas your unconscious design is how your body works. So in other words, what really runs the show in your manifestation process. Now I'm when my design comes together, yes, I am a 2-4 emotional projector and that's how I really, you know, experience the bulk of my life and my authority is um, my emotional authority. So how I make decisions, I need to allow myself to emotionally process things. But sometimes I really like to look at my unconscious design because I feel for those big life decisions or those big things that I manifest, I truly feel like I resonate more with the reflector aspect of my design. So when it comes to using my authority or when it comes to um, making decisions, I wait for an invitation like because that's how projectors work. So projectors need to wait for the invitation. That's my strategy is to wait for the invitation but I often find myself leaning on that reflector aspect of my design in order to make big decisions in my life. Not the small little decisions about, you know, the everyday things that I want to do, but how I manifest. And when I'm making big decisions in my life, I sometimes take at least a month to make a decision, or sometimes I take a year to make a decision. I just reached out to one of my mentors who I've never met before, but who I follow online, Eden Carpenter, I'm sure you've heard me mention that name before, but I have been thinking about reaching out to her for and her team for a year about how I want to be on her podcast. And it finally took me a year to really feel like the energy was there and how I felt like it truly clicked and that I felt like there was an invitation there because I had listened to something on her podcast that felt like an invitation to me. It took a year of, it took a year of me sitting with that idea before I decided to take action on it. And I feel so much more confident and more detached from my decision, no matter if she says yes or no. Like she could say no about me being on her podcast and I wouldn't be disappointed because I had come to the acceptance and the surrender of the decision and being okay with no matter what happens. Whereas if I would have acted a year ago when I initially had the thought I would have been too attached, I would have been too close, too much in my mind in the decision that I would have been really disappointed if she says no. Now, if she says yes or if she says no, I'm fine with whatever the decision is. Of course, I wanted to say yes, I'd love to be on her podcast because I think I would offer a lot of value, but I'm, I'm going to be good with whatever she decides. So that's just yet another example. So how you can figure this out for yourself How can you tell by looking at your human design, like what's your conscious design, what's your unconscious design? Well, first and foremost, 
Um, I recommend the website Genetic Matrix. Um, if you happen to pay for the extra software on Genetic Matrix, it will actually effortlessly break up your design for you so you can see just the conscious side of your design and just the unconscious side of your design. So the conscious part of your design is the black side. So when you're looking at the right side of your chart, you've got the black squares and that shows up as the black channels and the black dates on your design, whereas the unconscious is all the red stuff. So it's all the red channels, it's all the red gates that are activated for you. So those are the two different designs. So genetic matrix will actually split them up for you so you can just like it, look at your unconscious and you can just look at your conscious. So that's one way. Or if you don't wanna pay for the upgrade to look at the uh, different parts of your design, it's gonna take it's gonna take a little bit of patience. You're gonna to have to look at your chart with a critical eye. So when you're looking at your chart, you're gonna to wanna to see the, the channels more specifically. So when I look at my human design, I have one channel and it's all black, which means that that channel only shows up in my conscious design where you might have some channels that only show up in your unconscious design or some channels only show up in your conscious design. So if you're looking at the red channels, that means that that aspect is connected in your unconscious. So let's say, for example, you've got a red channel, a full red channel that connects your spleen to your root center, okay? That means that you're connected and that's in your unconscious part of your design. Or like how I said in my design, so my emotional solar plexus is connected to my root center and it's all black, meaning that it's connected in my conscious design. So I can clearly see the separation if I look at it with a critical eye, like, okay, that only shows up in my conscious design, which means I don't have any centers defined in my unconscious design because I only have two centers defined in my whole chart as it is, in my quantum chart, is what it's called. So when you have the two designs, designs that are synthesized together, it's called your quantum design, your full human design. So I don't have any centers defined in my unconscious design. So that's why I know I'm a reflector in my unconscious design. So if you, now, if you have a split, so let's say you have a channel that has both red and black, then that means that half that means that your one of those centers is activated in your conscious design and one of them is activated in your unconscious design which means that when you separate the two designs neither of them are going to show up as an activated center in either design so i know that's a little bit confusing but that's really the best that I can explain it without having a visual for you. So if that's challenging for you to visualize for yourself, the other option, if you really want to figure this out for yourself, if there's been some difficulty for you connecting with your design, if you've heard about other people's human designs, or if, you know, let's say you're an emotional manifesting generator, but you really feel like you are your sacral is your authority and that's really resonating with you you feel like there might be a difference in or a split in your design you know your conscious might be different from your unconscious I can show you that in a private session so in my private coaching sessions I always pull up your human design we always talk about how your intuition works what is your manifestation style like that's my specialty that's what I want to guide you through so uh, I will link in the show notes for you to check out my different offers when it comes to um, when it comes to working with me privately but the biggest takeaway that I want you to that I want you to integrate what I want you to incorporate into your life from this episode the big lesson here is forget the how forget the how the how is not your job your job is the what and the why get really clear about what it is that you want go back and listen to previous episodes when I talk about manifestation styles know what is your manifestation style so that you can know how clear do I need to be on the what? Do I have a non-specific or specific manifestation style? Because that's going to help you to understand how clear do I need to get on the what. But perhaps even more importantly, the why. 
The why is so important. Desire is the most important ingredient in your manifestation process. You must have a deep body desire for something in order for it to successfully manifest for you. Those are your jobs. The universe's responsibility is the who, the when, and the how. You need to release the how. Forget the how. It is not your job. And remember, sometimes the universe is going to show up in the 11th hour at the last minute and you just have to surrender and hold faith until that last minute in order for it to happen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am so excited that I finally got this episode out for you and I look forward to connecting with you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Each message that I share is enriched with expansive, passionate, and purposeful energy. If you felt awakened to your evolution, please pass on that energy by downloading, subscribing, and sharing on your favorite social platform. Click the links in this episode to enroll in the Confidently You freebie library and subscribe to the Confidently You email list to receive updates about the podcast and all of my offerings. And be sure to follow at confidently.amber on TikTok and Instagram for more daily and easily digestible messages that awaken your inherent abundance. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. That's it for now, boo. Now go make some fucking magic.